Good morning, everybody. I do hope you're all safe and sound. This is the next in many of these sessions going out at the normal daily time of 8.30 to 9 a.m. My name is Aaron Patrick, a chartered accountant and QuickBooks certified trainer. I own a state-of-the-art accounting firm called Boffix, which uses the best in cloud technology available to help small businesses get the information they need at their fingertips. If you require accounting advice, payroll or bookkeeping or anything to do with the recent aid announcements, please do get in touch. Okay, enough about me and let's focus on today's session. This session is all about your burning questions. So if you have a question, then please use any of our social channels to get in touch. Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, whichever works for you. Use the hashtag QBATE, that's QBATE, to get questions over to me. Okay, while we wait for the first of the questions to arrive, let's revisit the facts and look at the aid on offer at the moment. So one of the big key parts at this point in time has been the job retention scheme. That's been one of the ones that have been really useful to clients and especially my clients in terms of getting things going. So what is the job retention scheme? Well, under the emergency scheme, which is intended to be forced by the end of April 2020, fingers crossed on that one, in time for business to run that April payroll, the government will cover 80% of your basic salary. This basic salary has to be used for an act risk employee and it's important that you kind of state that important that you make sure that 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 status is set for that employee it's up to a cap of 2500 per month per employee the government is calling these at-risk employees furlonged employees meaning staff that employees would otherwise have to lay off or make redundant in absence of the emergency 80 percent cover Please be aware that no work should be done by the employee at this time. So these furlonged employees should not be working for you at, at this point in time. And also be aware that there is an option to backdate the coverage. The scheme is available to be backdated all the way to the 1st of March 2020 and will apply to wages of affected staff for a period of three months or possibly more if needed. Um, the only eligibility we are aware of at the moment, and another thing that um, I should have mentioned is the fact that the scheme isn't live yet, so we're still learning as we go along. But one of the things to be aware of is that that employee must have been in the business at the 28th of February 2020. Do be warned that HMIOC has made it very clear on the website that any fraudulent or any claims that shouldn't have been made have the right to be clawed back. Our advice, though, is the general consensus among all of our experts that we've been speaking to is that business faces severe cash flow difficulties resulting in the layoff of making staff redundant. So they should always be looking to try and apply this scheme at the first possible point. Remember, applications can't be made yet, but the government intends the business will be able to do so by the end of April. So let's see if we've had any questions come through so far. And John from Twitter says he doesn't really understand the legal duties announced last week. So this is in, regarding the director's legal duties announced last, last week. So can you explain, please? That's a great question there by John. And this is a part that was announced um, last Wednesday it was, and although the announcement kind of went a little bit under the radar, it was a huge um, announcement that should have taken a lot more emphasis on what was going on. So the reason that announcement was so important is the relaxation of wrongful trading laws for directors, and it gives them one less thing to worry about in this time. 
So prior to this announcement, if you as a director and running your business and were taking out loans or taking on finance that wasn't able to be repaid in time, and you were basically taking that information on without the need or, or, or the ability for you to go and actually make repayments or your business to make that repayment, then prior to this announcement, anything that was able to be recovered could also be recovered against you personally. So if, if anything was to go wrong with the business and they weren't able to make these repayments, then you personally could be um, liable for those repayments. And that's, that's in rare circumstances, but that's when your limited status gets taken away from you. Now, with the announcement the other day, one of the really good things about this is they've relaxed that ability for you personally, the director, to be personally liable. So that means you can be taking on extra um, uh, finances and extra um, in, uh, ways of being able to keep your business alive during this really difficult time. And I mean, you don't have to worry about it um, and you won't be personally liable. We've also had David Cox from Facebook say, is corporation tax being delayed? Well, we've had a lot of tax deferments up until now. So we've had the July payment on account um, for your personal tax. Um, uh, delayed till January 2021. We've had VAT being delayed from uh, anything between June 2000 up until June 2020 have been delayed till March 2021, but they haven't officially announced anything about corporation tax. That doesn't mean, though, that there's no deferments available or payment plans or anything like that. What we've been telling our clients is HMRC has issued a brand new special number. So they've got a special number that they've been using in terms in, during this kind of crisis, uh, during the crisis. And that number is basically designed for you to talk to them and be very frank about what your personal situation is. I've had clients who's talked to them and they've been able to um, get payment plans in place um, and they've had the ability to defer. Um, sometimes though, randomly, sometimes it's had interest incurring on there. Sometimes it hasn't. We haven't been able to decide or find out between our clients which ones that have had interest and which ones haven't. But that's basically what the position is at the moment. Using that special number is going to be the best way of doing it. And as I'm just kind of going through my notes, I'm trying to find that number for everyone. But worst case scenario, what we'll do is we'll make sure that number is available in the comments below. Okay, uh, Lola has asked on Facebook, how about company directors? Can you still look after the social media pages while furloughed? Does this classify as working, even though not having any turnover? And again, that's a fantastic question. And one of the ones where communication was really kind of um, not put put to the forefront at the very beginning of the announcement. So just to put that into context, what Lola's talking about there is your director's responsibilities. So as a director, you have to make sure that your company is being looked after correctly. You've got to make sure that everything's been coming through. And you've got to make sure things like your books are being updated and that your shareholders are being told what to do or what's going on. So you have a responsibility. And just because that you've been furloughed, in a true sense of that, you should be walking away from all responsibilities and not working. Now, clearly as a director, that's going to be very difficult and very detrimental to the business you're trying to save. So we've made sure we spoke to a lot of legal experts out there and we've made sure that we've had confirmation as well. But furloughing a director isn't in the true sense. So please don't worry about the fact that you know, you can't carry on working for your business. You're still going to be able to go and try and do as much as you can to keep that business alive. 
Do also remember in most circumstances for the director that you won't be claiming a full kind of notional salary. What you'll be looking at is only taking what is commonly referred to as a director salary, which is much more reduced. So in that case, then you kind of, although you are claiming the aid of the of the government, you won't be claiming most in most cases the full 2,500. We've also had a message in Twitter from Darren. I work for someone on PYE basis and being furloughed. I also run a limited company business. I hire staff and thinking of furloughing them. So in this case, what we're what we're talking about here is the fact that there's correlation between you having to go on to effectively gardening leave within that first talk. So um, with that first job, shall I say, in PYE circumstances, and. One of the things to remember about PYE or being furloughed in the first place is that you shouldn't have to worry about the next um, the next part of it. So, what thing to kind of be and by or be remembered there is that you you are you are not allowed to do continue doing work for that particular employee, and it should be for a maximum of three months, uh, three weeks, should I say, minimum of three weeks. But that doesn't give you the problem or that doesn't give you the issue where you can't work for another employee. So they are treated as two different areas. As long as you're not doing work for that first one, so you'll be absolutely fine then having to continue working for your other one. And it says here, I hire staff and thinking of, of, of furloughing them. That's absolutely within your right to do that. But do remember to make sure you do it in the right way. Um, one thing that I have kind of noticed from my clients is that sometimes they think that just kind of almost clicking their fingers or saying they're going to claim for the furlough is all they need to do. But unfortunately, there's more to it than that. One thing you do need to make sure is from a HR point of view that you're communicating 100% with that employee. So what I would highly recommend you do is you write down and explain to them the reasons for why their job is at risk, explain to them what kind of it means to be furloughed, and then you have to present that to them. And then their case and their status is a furloughed worker from that point on and it's really important at that point that you, you let them know that you they understand what's going on they understand they can't do any work for you and then you continue to pay them so you'll be having to get some um some funds at this point in time using the business loans or um, business interruption loans or whatever you can kind of get your hand on in terms of cash flow but you've got to pay them as you would normally and then hopefully by the end of April, we'll, we'll, we'll all be aware of how to make sure that we can claim for that income uh, or for that aid coming through. We've also had some, uh, some other questions coming through. So Shana from Twitter, should I be switching accounting at this time to something with less bookkeeping? Is there anything I should be looking out for? So here, what we're talking about is reducing costs. Um, and definitely, I mean, at this point in time, accountants as well, you should be looking at all your costs that you're incurring. And from a cash flow point of view, you really do want to be making sure you're in control of that cash flow. Every penny counts in a time like this. So you should be looking at what sort of costs are coming. When it comes to should I be reducing the bookkeeping, though, the only one thing I'd say about that is if you are reducing it from the accountant's point of view, definitely still make sure that you can continue to do the bookkeeping. At times like this, communication is absolutely key. And times like this, having data is going to be key as well. So you need to be making sure 
but you've got up-to-date bookkeeping. And this is for every person out there who's listening. Please, please, please make sure your bookkeeping's up-to-date. Make sure that you've got accurate re- figures of what's going to happen and everything else. And if you can, also look at some cash flow projections as well. The more data that you've got, the more information you've got at your fingertips, the better equipped you're going to be to make those important decisions. And also, the better equipped you're going to be for applying for finance if you are looking to get some finance off, off banks and everything else. So please, 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 if you are looking to kind of reduce costs and you are thinking bookkeeping is one of those where, you know, it's a nice to have and everyone likes to have that, please make sure that you do also have the chance to go out there. And it's a perfect plug on a website like this, but if you are using QuickBooks Online, then there are plenty of resources out there for making sure that you know how to complete your bookkeeping to a really good standard and also make sure that you're using all the features within QuickBooks, like the um, the fact that you can connect your bank account to make it nice and easy for yourself. Um, Stu from Twitter says, asks, can you let me know more about the loans? Is it for self-employed yet? And that's a really good question. So the idea about the loans um, is that last week, so last Thursday, we got an announcement from the Chancellor themselves that the interruption loan scheme was going to be extended. So effectively, what it was originally brought into play for was so that businesses could get access to cash flow while the aid was coming in at a later date. Remember, all these schemes have been announced by the government, as great as they are and as, you know, as really amazing they are and helpful they're going to be to small businesses, they're not available in terms of physical cash at this point in time. They're still being developed, they're still being built, they're still having um, bits put to them and consulted on. So in this point, we need to have access to cash. And that's exactly what the business interruption loan scheme was all about. Now, it was announced on on Wednesday or uh, Thursday, it was, sorry, that basically we've got the ability now or the banks have been given more power, they've been given more money from government, and they've had the ability to have more guarantees against the money that's coming through. So what this should mean is every business out there should have access to finance going forward, and they shouldn't have to worry about their kind of previous kind of history or anything like that. They should just talk to their bank, communicate with their banks, and their banks should be able to sort them out in one way or another. Um, one thing to also remember on this is, again, this kind of rolls back again to bookkeeping. You know, if you don't have or you've only been trading for a couple of months or whatever it's going to be, they're going to want to see some form of cash flow forecast or or something to explain what's going on. Most of the time, though, the banks these days, from what we've seen from our clients, is they're just using historical data. They're using their bank accounts. They're looking through what's there and they're using that as an, an idea or a way, should I say, to be able to uh, make sure they can give that finance going forward. Um, Derek from Twitter says, my online virtual gym business is doing well, but when I try to hire instructors, they're telling me they can't work for anyone else unless they are on furlong. Is this true? Now, no, uh, basically based on the um, information we've got and the information we've been looking at, um, if you're furlong from one place, it doesn't mean that you can't take on another to kind of up your fee and up your income that's coming forward. Obviously, it's going to be different if you're looking to look at things like universal credits or anything like that when it comes to kind of the whole government package and everything else. But when it comes to another PAYE position or freelance position or anything along those positions or along those opportunities, you should have the opportunity to go there and work again, uh, work for someone else because um, it's not supposed to be looking at each individual or the whole of you. It's supposed to be on an individual basis when it comes to your work. 
Uh, Eric from Twitter says, can we use the new loan for any reason? Do you need a business plan, e.g.? Can I use it to pay myself a higher salary temporarily? And it's a really good question. And this is where um, um, basically the business interruption loan has the ability or, or is kind of access for all small businesses out there. Normally, one of the criteria, one of the questions that the um, banks are asking for, though, is they're going to ask basically what your um, impact of Corona-19 has been. So what's what's impacted you and how that's affected your business? Have you got any ways in which you're going to um, kind of mitigate against that protection? And, and with those kind of two bits in place, what they'll tend to ask for as well is what's the money's been used for. So as long as you've got a valid business case, and if that business case is basically so you can keep paying your, yourself and keep paying your mortgage, and that's accepted from their point of view, then that's absolutely fine. It's the bank that's going to make the decision on that. Um, but I just be completely honest with all of them. That's what I've been telling clients to do. Be honest, be communicating with your, with your bank as much as you possibly can. Let them know everything that's going on. We had one case where um, uh, the bank was a little bit hesitant because they had a massive savings uh, pot there. But actually, it turned out that that massive saving pot was actually um, already kind of accounted for in taxes. So even though they were they had the deferment options and everything else like that, from their point of view, they still needed to consider some other financing options. Otherwise, they would have they would struggle to pay back or pay HMRC the money that was due. So again, communication is really key. They needed to talk to their bank, they needed to talk to HMRC, and they had to get a compromise one way or another. But um, yeah, that's kind of a place where you've got to have communication, you've got to be able to talk to clients. And that's also where bookkeeping and strong accounting will help you, because then you're going to be able to tell your book your bank exactly how that is. Um, let's make sure I haven't missed anyone here. Uh, Rob from Twitter says, what do you class as bookkeeping? I'm thinking of reducing stuff to save money. I'm not sure what the, what this is, um, um, what is necessary as or, or assessed as bookkeeping though. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, great question there. And the, the term bookkeeping can be a really vague term and it could be, you know, basically looking at everything to go. But you're real basic when it comes to bookkeeping and making sure that you've got everything in place is making sure that from your bank account you can explain what every income and outgoing is going to be if at least you can get to that point of view and you can kind of show the money going through and showing everything that's coming in at least you've got a basis of where that money's already gone and what money has already come in Further than that, though, I would highly recommend looking at making sure things like your debtors and your creditors are up to date. So remember, debtors is all about talking about what money is owed to you. And some of those debtors, so some of the people who owe you money, some of your customers, they may not have the opportunity to pay you. If that's the case, then you've got to make sure that you're happy with the ability or, or, or you've got to make sure that you can show which money is your due to be coming in and which money you think is at risk. The other thing that I would say at that point as well is look at your creditors. So that's who you owe money to. Make sure in that bookkeeping solution that you're using that you're showing everything that, that, that that's owed to your business. That means the second you log into that solution, you should be presented with a nice dashboard telling you money that you think's due in, money that you know is due out. And then at that point, you've also got how much money is in your bank account. And that's going to give you a real indication of how much money you need to survive and and it's going to give you that kind of uh, that those important decisions are going to be at your fingertips 
Um, Will from Twitter asked a question. What have you been doing yourself Aaron, during this period? How has it changed your business? Well, uh, straight away, the second that it was announced that we had to do work from home, that completely pivoted the way that we do business. Luckily for us, we're an online business primarily, so it, the change wasn't too bad, but we still had that logistics issue of having to make sure our, our staff were, were, were prepared for it. They were mentally and they had all the... Um, or the or the um, hardware that was needed, so we had to make sure that from our business point of view, that we gave our business, our clients, or our staff the support they needed to work from home. When we pivoted to working from home, we then had to think about well, how does that affect our clients? We had to communicate with our clients to let them know that we were still available for them, we were still working for them, but there were certain uh, services that we offered that we had to offer at a reduced level. And as long as we were communicating with our staff and our and our clients, then we were able to wave that kind of uh, storm. Obviously, there's still more more to go. We're not out of this by a long stretch of imagination at the moment, and we're still learning as well how to work from home and everything else. So we're learning the the idea that things like team, Microsoft Teams is a really useful place to be able to uh, communicate and talk to one another so that we can still have that social interaction and we still force our staff that at least once a day we're all on one call just to say how's everything doing and making sure that everyone is okay. And I think the only other thing that we had to learn as a business about fully working from home and the idea of that is, you know, as as head of accounts, as one of the managing directors in, in the business, it was my responsibility to reach out to each of my staff on a regular basis just to make sure they're okay with their setup, just to make sure they're okay with how everything was going and just being a support point for them. Because it can be scary for staff to be working from home. I know, you know, some some people love the idea and love the fact, but for others, it's quite anxious and it's quite kind of a worrying time. So it's make sure you're supporting your staff going forward. The next person from Tom from Twitter says, I own a contracting firm in building. I got one guy who says he's going to furlough himself. He says, yes, I want him to work, but he doesn't. Can I force him to stay? And it's a really, really uh, topical question uh, about that one. Now, got to be a little bit careful here because the majority of this comes to kind of down to the legalities of it all um, and health and safety more than everything else. But as a as an employer, even if there is you know there's um, freelancing staff or subcontracting staff, you still have a responsibility to make sure your staff are safe. So in my situation from there, if I'm having my staff talking to me and saying they don't feel safe and everything else, then I would say for my responsibility, I've got to kind of review my uh, working practices, review what's going on in terms of how I'm conducting my workplace, and in this case, a, a building site, and just make sure that you know I would be comfortable working there myself and making sure I'm adhering to all the rules and regulations. If the person though is is insistent that he wants doesn't want to work for you, remember he's CIS, so he's subcontracting. It's in his right to not work want to work for you. That's one of the key point of being a contractor as opposed to a PAYE. So you've just got to accept that that person won't be working for you at that point in time. If you try and force them to work, you've got to also ask yourself, is the status of that employee, quote unquote, correct or not? Even though you've gone as a subcontractor, should you be thinking about them being employed? And it kind of opens up a whole kind of worms that we probably, in this day and age, we don't want to go into. So I'm, I'm afraid in that case, I would be a little bit worried about forcing them to stay at work. 
Okay, next one from Lola. Uh, job retention scheme and changing minimum uh, wage. I have clients who pay themselves minimum wage. Will the April furlong salary be calculated based on the new minimum wage rates? That's what we believe will happen, and we can't see it being any other way. Um, remember, you're only going to be paying 80% of that salary, but we believe it's going to be 80% salary of what the national minimum wage is going to be. Now, the national minimum wage is still going ahead. So that's that's with effect from now, basically. April 2020, national minimum wages will apply. Um, but what we believe, and again, the scheme's not open yet, so we're kind of, we're looking, we're guessing and, and kind of taking guidance from HMRC as we go. But we do believe that when that scheme is opened, it's going to be based on February 2020's um, submissions, but I think that's more likely going to be who was being paid at that point and what their general rate was. And then I believe that it's going to kind of be based on kind of percentages, if you like, based on what the claim is going to be. Um, but yeah, do make sure you, you because in times like this, we're all trying to make sure that we've got everything going. So do make sure you don't forget national minimum wage increase and make sure we're all happy with that one. Bob from Twitter says, what tech are you using for your staff? We're using Zoom. We seems to be all the buzz right now, et cetera. Yeah, Zoom's been a great a great um, tool that I've been using with external um, suppliers, so external companies that I've been working for. But internally, personally, we've been using Microsoft Teams. The only reason we use Microsoft Teams is because we already have a very Microsoft-centric setup and Teams was we were using prior to or everything that went off. So now we've been continuing to use it. But Zoom, Teams, GoToWebinar uh, Go to has their own one as well. Um, and even, I know that a lot of people have also been jumping on things like FaceTime and WhatsApp. I mean, really, whatever works for you. You've got lots and lots of options for yourself. Um, just find the one that works for yourself. Um, and in times like this, do make sure that you kind of encourage your staff to have the webcam on, have that communication with them. You know, for us, it was the first time we ever even turned our webcams on when it came to online meetings. But now we've put it in this kind of a, almost like a rule to say, look, let's have that communication. Let's try and keep that kind of uh, as much as we can, that one-to-one -one interaction. Jeff from Twitter says, is it a good idea to stop paying business insurance? if my office is an office. So in this case, what we're talking about is all the different types of insurance out there. Um, when it comes to business insurance, so do, do, do keep, you know, looking or, or should I say, communicate with that insurance company and see what they can do for you. Do not kind of just completely stop paying for something. Do talk to them. They should be able to work with you. A lot of my clients have been able to talk to their insurance companies and they've been offered repayment holidays, things like that, just so that they can continue to be offered that um, protection, where in times like this, you need as much protection as you can. Um, and also in, in some respects, especially if you're employers or you've got liability insurance, it's a legal requirement anyway. So do talk to your insurance company, communicate with them, and in most times, you'll be able to sort that out for your uh, for, for your personal uh, for your business use, and just making sure you're still compliant. Uh, we had a, another one from Twitter. This is from Red. What are your free tips for saving money right now? So basically, keep an eye on all of the aid that's out there. Uh, make sure that you've got your head around what aid, aid is available for you. Remember, from an aid point of view, there's quite a lot out there. Um, I'm just quickly going to go through them. Job retention scheme, self-employment, income support scheme, tax deferments, business emergency relief fund. So look at your local councils. Grants for small businesses, so if that's if you have any rateable um, um, property. And then do also look at your 
uh, professional bodies as well. We know in, in some of our clients who are involved in the um, uh, Arts Council, they're being offered financial support from those. So number one, make sure you look at all your rates. Number two, keep that book keeping up to date. Make sure you understand exactly what your in, incomings and outcomings are going to be. Without that information, you're going to find it really difficult to understand how much finance you need and, and making sure that you've got. And then number three for me is communication. Talk to everybody that you can think of, your banks, your insurance companies. Talk to your, if you do have any other shareholders, make sure you're keeping them. That's your director's responsibility is to look after them. And then with that, it gives you as much chance as you possibly can. And that brings us to our last two minutes. So with that then, we're pretty much finished with the questions. If you do have any more questions, do make sure that you pass them over now. We'll make sure they get looked at later down the line. So just to make sure that we're 100% um, um, uh, happy about um, what's happening with this series, um, I'm going to thank you all for your involvement for today and thank you for QuickBooks for uh, Intuit Career. So let me invite me to come and do this with yourselves. Same again tomorrow, same time at 8.30, but with a different expert speaker. Tomorrow, we've got Alex coming through. So Alex Payne from the Influence Room. Now, Alex Payne is a really interesting, uh, has got a really interesting business idea here where his idea or, or his business, his founder of this business is that he's allowed or he's given the opportunity for you to connect with brands, your, your brand with influencers. And what he's also given is the ability for you to, um, or, or, or small businesses, the ability to be able to pay whatever they can afford at this point in time. So he's going to be a really interesting speaker. He's going to give you some really insights into what to, what to look out for in times like this. So, and you can also expect many experts in the series to go through and understand what's going off. And just remember, you can pay anything you can afford with the Alex Payne uh, Influencer Room um, scheme tomorrow. So just remember, with this scheme, you can expect many experts to go, uh, sorry, with this series, you can expect many experts to go through and um, help understand what's going to be crucial throughout this time. So we're going to be adding lots of experts on at 8.30 every single day this, this week. Stay safe, everyone, and have a great day ahead of you, and see you soon.